workplace. I was working in a place that I was not very happy with. Um, I was head of an international school. You know, everyone dreams of having a career of that sort kind of given to me on a silver platter. And unfortunately, I ended up working in an environment that was unfortunately toxic. I was in a position of being um, head of school. Um, people count on me and I'm having to ask for help and have been pretty much independent. You know, your people are extending themselves to, and they want to help you. It's hard. It was very hard for me because I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is not how it's supposed to be. I was coming from a place of always giving that I found it really hard to accept that other people wanted to give to me. All of a sudden I find myself in a position where the roles had reversed. I was dealing with excruciating pain uh, mm. due to an infection that I had in my sciatic nerve and my right knee. They, they both were a blessing in disguise because if I hadn't had those infections, I wouldn't have found out that I had multiple myeloma. Allowing yourself to completely go in the hands of these people, at least I have to say that at that moment, I certainly felt helpless. You know, for me, I mean, I've learned so much from this experience. It certainly taught me when I when I look back and, and I look at where I'm at now that vulner being vulnerable is not a bad thing. Get ready for a powerful episode of the Empower Your Life show with our incredible guest, Monique Pate, a resilient seven-year multiple myeloma cancer-free survivor. Monique is not just a coach, educator, and speaker, but also a soon-to-be author. In this episode, she shares a remarkable journey, emphasizing the importance of cherishing every moment, prioritizing health, and living intentionally. Monique's story is not just a wake-up call. It's an invitation to unveil the hero within. Join us in this transformative journey as Monique guides us through her triumph over cancer. Let her story inspire you to make positive changes today. Don't wait for a tragedy. Dive in into this episode now and ignite your own journey of empowerment. Let's get started. Next guest, Monique Pate. Wait a second, Monique, welcome. I want to ask you first, your last name, how should I pronounce your last name? Pate. Pate, okay. Yes. Hey, okay, I, I, I forgot to ask you, but I pronounced it right. You pronounced okay. it absolutely right. <laughs> okay, okay. So hello, everyone, and thank you, Cindy Marie, for having me on your show. My name is Monique Pate, and I am a post-cancer revival coach. I work and help women at this moment. I'm also open to working with men, but um, help, I would say, reintegrate in society, especially after a cancer journey and cancer experience. And so oftentimes um, when you're in the midst of it and having and, and being a cancer survivor myself, when you're in the midst of it, you're you're in that fight and, and flight survival mode. Um, when you come out of it, you're still fighting, but you're at a different place and you're and you're trying to recollect and regain your life and regain your sense of self. So I love the title of uh, Triumph 
after cancer because it certainly um, it certainly is a combination of when you're in it and when you're coming out and trying to regain your life and 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 take and and move forward with your life. Yes. So you know, for everyone to kind of understand your story, um, could you share with us how did you? find out that you have this uh, multiple myeloma and what a little bit information what is multiple myeloma mean and which part of the body that actually affecting this uh, type of cancer and in your bio you actually mention cancer in fact has saved your event or your life in a sense of weren't you were happy at work and environment so share with us your story on that level Sure. So I was diagnosed on 2015 with, uh, I mean, it, I didn't have any of the symptoms. So I am known as asymptomatic multiple myeloma. And it happened after a period and an episode of enduring a lot of stress in my workplace. I was working in a place that I was not very happy with. Um, I was head of an international school. You know, everyone dreams of having um, a career of that sort kind of given to me on a silver platter. And unfortunately, I ended up working in an environment that was um, unfortunately toxic. And what happened is basically um, my I, I say that my body unplugged. And that's the only way I could describe it, because after a series of months of enduring a lot of stress, my body just collapsed. And one morning I woke up and um, I had an inflammation in my sciatic nerve and an inflammation in my right, my right leg, uh, right knee actually. And, um, and I just kind of prolonged this whole thing because I didn't like going to the doctors and I had a fever and I was just being very resistant. And at some point I was just like, you know what, um, if there's, you know, if there's a God out there or if there's somebody who can put me in the right hands of the doctors, then, you know, I, I just let go. And at that point, um, I ended up in the emergency room and after a series of tests, I was uh, in a biopsy. Um, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma and something that I had never heard of. And so multiple myeloma is a plasma cell form of cancer. And what's, I would say what's different about multiple myeloma, it's in your bones. And so because it's called multiple myeloma because it's not like a solid a tumor that's located on an organ. It just runs through your plasma cells and it runs through your bones. And so then once I was diagnosed and once understood exactly the severity of what I had, um, it was um, it was uh, it was an eye opener. It was an eye opener because I was an extremely healthy person, ate well, took care of my diet. And so when this happened, yeah, I'm asking myself, like, how how the heck did this actually happen? So I was shocked as much as everyone around me who who knows me uh, was shocked by the fact that I was diagnosed with with cancer. Yeah, I mean, first of all, congratulations that you have overcome this. And uh, 
I don't know exactly how painful it, it was, but I can empathize and really inspired with the journey, with the overcoming this uh, journey of yours. And um, now you, in, in this video that I have watched, uh, one of the conversations that you have, I think he's also a cancer-free survivor. Uh, you guys, or you have emphasized the vulnerability, especially concerning losing the independence and seeking help. Now, you mentioned earlier that, you know, uh, you have this privilege of all the things that happening in your life. So I'm super curious when you mention about this uh, vulnerability and losing independence and seeking help. Does this does this actually relate to shifting uh, identity in the sense that where the ego may have struggled to adapt, and if so, how did you navigate and shift? through to these changes? Okay, it's a great question. It's, it's real, it's, how would I answer this? Um, because I think there, there's an aspect of, of your ego, and then there's another aspect to it. So when we're asking the question about the ego is um, one's inability to ask for help. And one's inability to ask for help, not because um, one's inability to ask for help has a lot to do with losing that sense of independence. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a position, especially I was in a position of being um, head of school, um, people count on me and I'm having to ask for help and have been pretty much independent or I would say very independent for all of my life. And so then when you find yourself in that position where, you know, your people are extending themselves to, and they want to help you, it's hard. It was very hard for me because I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is not how it's supposed to be. And it wasn't, I, I, I don't know if it was so much an ego thing, but I think it was more, I was coming from a place of always giving that I found it really hard to accept that other people wanted to give to me. And, and that was something I really had to work through and, and accept that in the same way that, and someone had said to me, you know, in the same way that you lovingly give to others, other people, because you've given so much, other people want to do the same for you. And so then to be on that side was quite challenging for me. Uh, it was challenging to even ask my family to be of support in a situation like that because the roles, all of a sudden I find myself in a position where the roles had reversed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I think you start, you know, as you started out this segment, the whole thing of having to be vulnerable uh, was was the biggest challenge for me is like, how do I allow myself to understand that being vulnerable is part of life and being vulnerable in this moment is very, very important. So I would say that it wasn't so much um, an ego, but it was more the fact that when you've, when you've been conditioned or, you, or, or you have a certain belief of your role and you have a certain belief of you know you're this pillar 
and all of a sudden you find that these pillars, you know, become unmantled due to illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it's it's psychologically challenging, challenging that all of a sudden you are now in that in that reversal where people are extending their hand to you, and you can either take it or not. And I found myself, of course, having to take it, but it was it was not easy. It was definitely not easy. Would you recall what exactly situation whereby you finally acknowledged that it is okay for me to seek help? It is okay for me to actually accept it. Would you recall when was the time or the turning point that people are there because I've been helping them? Uh, Because, I mean, for me, one of, if I, if I may give you an example, I'm like you being so independent in my life because living outside uh, Philippines. So I have to live independently. But when I, um, I mean, get married now and then uh, building this business where I'm at. So financially, you know, my husband is the provider overall. And then I'm supporting him little by little, you know, as the business is thriving. And it wasn't easy for me in the beginning. <laughs> like, oh my God, I am relying to someone. It's not It's not that it's bad, you know. Uh, it's just that I am not that person. But eventually I started to realize the person is willing to help you for you to pursue your business, your, your essence of your truth. So actually it is okay. It's just like, what is it that holding you back to allow that person to help you while you're actually thriving on this business that you're working on? And then I finally accepted that it, it's a lot of work for me <laughs> that I have to do that self-affirmation, self-acceptance, nurturing, empathy, and compassion and all of that until I said, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just my thoughts. It's not me. <laughs> So I'm super curious whether you've gone through with that uh, self-conversation with that inner critic, you know? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I think it's something that we work we work through every day. <laughs> um, there, I mean, there's so many moments. I would say that it's it was a moment when, um, gosh, there's just really so many moments. But one that comes to mind is. Um, when I was in the hospital, um, I was dealing with excruciating pain uh, mm-hmm. due to an infection that I had in my sciatic nerve and um, and my right knee. And they, they both were blessing in disguise because if I hadn't had those infections, I wouldn't have found out that I had multiple myeloma. Um, so there was a moment where I was taken off meds and I didn't realize that they had removed all painkiller when I first was brought into the hospital. And so a few days had passed. And at some point, um, I couldn't, I I was having pain. It was a Sunday and my friends had come to visit. And so at some point, a sharp pain immediately, um, hit my nerve and um and my my she's like a sister to me my my neighbor um Mm -hmm. and her husband were visiting and I was just like you know you've got to go now because right now I just you know I'm feeling a lot of pain and I need to sleep and so they were quite distressed leaving me in that situation so the nurse came in so they gave me something um to calm down and then I fell asleep 
And at some point in the morning, I was, I got up and I was sitting at the, at my table and I was feeling totally lethargic and the, the nun came in and they were changing my bed. And at some point, um, my head was spinning and I thought at this point I'm dying. And mm -hmm. so then I basically said to the, the nurse, Ayuto, and I passed out. And at that moment, um, I guess I can really visualize the whole situation. Um, I was I was dizzy and I was brought to the bed and I thought I was I'm dying at that point. And, and I found myself surrounded by the nurses and they called the doctor in. And, and at that moment, you realize, I realized that how, one, how quickly life can be taken from you. But the fact that in such a critical moment, I had these uh, team of, of professionals who were there to save my life. And so, you, I mean, I, uh, you're you're completely vulnerable, and at the hands of other people. And I and, and I and there's so many moments like this. Even when my uh, my neighbor would come over, and because we didn't know what was going on, very lovingly she would come and put um, uh, uh, clay on my knee and wrap it, and to be surrounded by by individuals who who genuinely loved me and mm -hmm. were willing to do these things for me it was it was a series of all these little things that made me realize um that being vulnerable and at the time I can speak about it now looking back in retrospect but at the moment you know when you're uh, allowing yourself to completely go in the hands of these people, um, you know, you that 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 thinking of you know I've got to be strong just you know gets tossed out the window uh, because the you are at least I have to say that at that moment I certainly felt helpless um, and like I said it's it's not it's not easy. It was something I really had to work through, but, um, yeah, there are like, there's so many little stories like that. And you realize the human spirit and the human spirit in that there are genuinely so many amazing people that in, in any given moment that we experience difficulty, um, they're there for you. And, you know, for me, I mean, I've learned so much from this experience that uh, that there are so many people that do things with with their heart and they do it with such loving intention. And uh, and yeah, so I would say it, it, it's it certainly taught me when I when I look back and, and I look at where I'm at now that vulner being vulnerable is not a bad thing. And that we all find ourselves in those moments of being vulnerable and it's and it's totally okay. I agree with you 100%. And I think, again, it, this is just one of many conditioning or programming that we have. Uh, seeking for help, kind of like you don't want to be a burden, right? Especially if you you have been independent in your life and at the same time, you don't want to seem uh, very weak, and I'm and, and this is one of also the reasons why I'm so open being vulnerable because 
I want to show to people, we want to show to people that it's okay. This is part of our growth, right? And uh, speaking of growth and Monique, uh, you know, now we are rediscovering the authentic self, uh, the power of love, you know, the empathy, compassion, and the forgiveness that we give to ourselves. In our previous discussion, you mentioned the importance of, I would say, reconnecting to your true authentic you. And I'm super curious that how does this experience, you know, has guided you on a profound journey to a deeper understanding of who truly Monique is? Great, great question. I, I, when I was, uh, when I was diagnosed, I've always kept a journal and usually I write in journals and I never look at them. And so the basis of my book is based on my journal entries. And it's, that in itself has been, uh, it's been a process and, and largely because reading it and understanding that when when something like this completely changes your life your your my identity or your identity gets completely stripped mm-hmm. and i found myself at a moment where i was really asking like you know what well, who am i and and cancer just like any other illness that one encounters in life you you oftentimes get labeled or get identified into that um, illness. You're you know you're a cancer survivor, or you've got multiple myelomas, or you're a parent, or you're a teacher, or your wife. So we live our life under some type of label that describes who we are. And so for me, uh, to have had an amazing career in education and all of a sudden find myself in this position where um, I fall sick and I've got cancer and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how did this happen? Who am I in this process? And, and, and that becomes the test. That becomes the real test of trying to figure out, okay, this has happened to me. What is the meaning of this? And how is this how is this experience going to change me because i i believe that you know whatever experience we go through as humans there's an aspect of transformation that takes place yes um and that self questioning is is one of those processes i mean i i remember there was a moment when i was in the bathroom Mm-hmm. And I, I was just having this dialogue with myself. It's like, okay, what are we going to do now? And, and I mean, I get emotional about it because there's a moment where I realized I needed, I needed to forgive myself mm-hmm. because I, I was angry for, for getting sick. And so then working through that process um, was not easy. I'm not going to pretend that it was because it wasn't easy at all. And still today, there are moments when, especially this summer, we had we had briefly talked this summer, there was a moment that I was brought back in a deja vu. Mm-hmm. And so then it brings back all of those emotions. And it does bring back that questioning of, okay, um, who am I? And how, 
what lessons have I learned from this? What lessons, what stories do I need to let go? Mm-hmm. And how do I move into a different realm of my identity, not being attached to the label? Because I think that's the key. But being being reconnected with who am I and who is that you know authentic Monique. And that's a process. It's it's not an easy process. There are moments, of course, you know, we don't want to have to um, re-examine ourselves. (laughs) We don't, we don't. But unfortunately, you know, we have to live with ourselves and doing those things, stepping back and then reflecting can only help us move forward and take that next step. And so there are moments where... I know I find myself in this kind of tangle with myself, not with anyone else, but with myself. Uh, and so this this experience with cancer not only helped me reconnect with myself at a, on a different level, but it's also forced me to really move away from the, the labeling that we often, unfortunately, in the society that we live in, um it, it's helped me move away from that and really start to connect with who exactly I am where do I want to go who do I want to serve certain things become more important than other you start to prioritize and you also mm-hmm. start to strip away those things that you know you that don't need to be a part of your life so it is I think I, I think that we all go through a journey and it never ends um, and it's all part of, of, of growing, of growing and developing in a society that oftentimes, uh, defines us by, by titles and labels. Yeah. Yeah. So many things that really kind of, so many thoughts that came into my mind as you sharing your, how this experience really led you to one is that you know my story began in people pleasing people pleaser you know and there's a I would say because of that I've learned so many things and I've learned to give importance to listening to other people's story and giving them time and uh, also becoming more observant of how actually human behave and I think it's also unfortunately many things in our lives due to tragic moments we kind of force to awaken and some still not that's why there's a repetitive situations and I think many of those people and I I would say that the right timing right it's either people are just so stubborn they don't want to be awakened that's why the highest power is repeating the situation for us to really found the gift on that um, situation to be transformed that's what you said and then the uh, second thing that you mentioned labeling Uh, I honestly not so pleased with labeling because that restricts us of who we are being, you know? And I think once, for example, like what you said in our society, once we labeled ourselves, whatever, a great position, a great title, we are so afraid to get detached with that because people known us as that. 
which in which in in reality we are who we are it doesn't matter our positions or title it's who we are as being and how we actually interpret our being outside and outside is not really a validation of who we are being you know it's really what is our mission and purpose living mm -hmm. in this planet you know i think i think this is one of many reasons why many people also feel stuck and the third thing you mentioned about priorities which i think that that uh, lead to the time right because you you've recognized the importance in times so my question to you like how does this cancer actually shift your perspectives when it comes to time and priorities because i believe what you have before with time and and, and priorities have hugely changed so i'm super super curious how does it shift yeah 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 um you had mentioned, and I had shared with you that you know the 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 part that cancer saved me, and I and I and and it leads perfectly into the concept of time, because when you're mm -hmm. in a life and death situation, and unfortunately many of us you know have to get to that point, which is terrible, yeah. to mm -hmm. realize you know that that life is just you know is it, so precious, and so. The concept of time became really important to me and the concept of um, spending time with the people that you love the most mm -hmm. and spending time, purposeful time, meaning that oftentimes like scrolling through the phone and, you know, <laughs> I do it sometimes, like, but, you know, kind of scrolling through the phone or, um, being in a job situation where you you know you're you're only a number but not really considered of importance or not importance but a value a value in a workplace and the 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 for me the concept of time also meant slowing down and that is one of the things i realized that when when i got um when I got the infection on my right knee and my sciatic back, so we're talking my right leg and my left side, that meant that I could not move. And that forced me to have to really sit in my space mm -hmm. and reflect on, okay, who are you? And if, if, if you've been completely stopped from any kind of movement, it means that you need to step back and really start to look at your life differently. Mm -hmm. uh, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, before I got cancer, I mean, I had, you know, I was traveling. I had all, the, I mean, I was dancing. All of these things were going on. But obviously, if, when I got into the position of, uh, of, of a leadership, a position in a school where things were so toxic and found myself similar to your situation where I'm pleasing everyone, people pleasing, constantly trying to, you know, uh, live up to a certain standard that didn't reflect who I really was. Yes. Um, at that point, when, uh, excuse my French when shit hit the fan <laughs> boy I was just like oh my gosh I right now I'm in this state where I cannot move and so it like I said it forced me to step back and really start to think about 
the importance of using my time wisely. And that meant slowing down. That meant slowing down. And, you know, we hear the 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 saying, um, you know, you're, you're smelling the roses or you're yeah. going out from the walks. But it's like that. You stop and you look at your surroundings very different. You go, I, I, I'm a hiker, so going on the trails and you now pay a little bit more attention to the details of those things around you and you appreciate time and yeah. and you appreciate it because you don't know when you get sick you don't know and you may not have time and i remember meeting a woman and, and she left an impact on me she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and i hadn't seen her in a long time and at some point um, I went to see my chiropractor and I saw her and I said, you look absolutely beautiful. And she said, thank you. And I didn't know that she was in oh. chemotherapy. And so, um, so she said, um, she goes, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. She goes, but I've learned from this experience to have greater freedom. And when she said that, I was just like, you know what kind of in my mind I'm thinking what does she mean and and she said because I've always lived my life under um constraints and mm -hmm. expectations of others yeah. and when I got sick I finally felt free because now I was living according to my time and my needs and that really left an impact on me because I it, it just made me really question um, why, why as a society, we start living when we know we can die and we can die anytime, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, but what, why do we choose to start to live? And a lot of that has to do with time. We, we, we tend to think we've got all this time, mm -hmm. but we really don't, we really don't. And so for the time that we do have, let's just make the best of it and really and really put and and you said it so nicely with with the whole purpose to start really living from a place of purpose where you are uh, you are giving and you're living in a space with other people and you're and you're bringing i would say goodness to <laughs> others around you and if you step back and allow yourself to appreciate your time mm -hmm. that will completely shift how you live in in your space and you live in the world yes I agree I mean you know it's it's challenging you know one of the things not only the uh, conditioning of the society come on now it's the technology right which is done by human as well and I think uh given with our field as well that everyone's kind of becoming so trapped with the social media of having that on and on being active that many expertise would give you this kind of suggestion so you can uh, have a more visibility of your branding and so on and so forth and I love what you mentioned about slowing things down this is one of the things that I always mention to people is slow things down to speed up life it's really like about being present in the moment and I can totally agree with you 100% that many people out there still believe that we have this entitlement for the next 50 years or so that we can 
wake up the next day instead of like feeling so grateful that I mean today <laughs> we don't know tomorrow if we're gonna wake up right so might as well be amazing and awesome as you are and sharing your your beautiful love whatever that positive energy that you have because that's at least my my way of living right now that I don't really know when exactly long I'm gonna live but that also gives me the freedom to express who I am because like you know I think one of the keys why people tend to get stuck of not showing themselves because the, the beliefs that we have the time <laughs> right but we don't really know when exactly we have the time it's not upon us uh how long we should live here right it, i i love the the phrase about we are actually just renting here you know we don't really own anything here that's why being attached with anything labeled is not good because yeah. you then also even like this, you know, I'm not, I am practicing not to get attached with the outcome of this conversation. What I am practicing is to be present with you so that I can be fully in the essence of being, sharing my entire power, having a conversation with you in, in a place of being genuine, you know, and that's, especially with your case you know you don't even know right at that moment now you can share it and yeah. you've been empowering a lot of people and I think really really incredible as how you shift that from you know whatever you have been as as your position to now really having beyond yourself empowering people to regain the confidence and having more vibrant and uh, joyful life because life is what you said is precious and you know now talking about being a coach which is part of you who you are as being uh, you provide or offer guidance on mindset you know health plans wellness programs which I love I think from the experience that you had you kind of have to have to understand everything just like I, when I discovered that I had intolerance and then I have myoma or fibroids, I started to understand, okay, what are those daily habits or routines that I have to change or pivot? What are those nutrition that I have to take, you know? And so I'm super curious, like, how do you think if you could elaborate in a deeper level? Because I think many people still don't value the importance of giving serious level of the nutrition and the daily routine so I want you to help us share how does it impact your overall health or well-being with the choices regarding the nutrition and also the uh, daily routines this is this is right up my alley <laughs> <laughs> so um there, there are several things. One, I, I certainly believe that having a, a daily routine, mm -hmm. and this was something that I, I mean, I've, I've, I would say, I've used to do in the past. But when I got, when I got sick, um, it became my survival mechanism. And what I mean was that I, I was in the hospital, and I was in the hospital for a month, and. For those 
for that time I was going to be there, I was like, I have to have a structure that will allow me to use my time, again, the concept of time, <laughs> to use my time, but also make the best of the situation that I'm in at the moment. And so then it meant, you know, waking up in the morning and doing my stretches. Um, one thing I, I like doing is there are two things. One, meditating when I first wake up and that has stayed, it's, it's something I do every morning and writing in my journal. And so then uh, I started the uh, game Cameron. She does the three pages a day. And so in the hospital, that was something that I did religiously. And, and at some point I broke away from it and just kind of changed my journal entries. And I and I've and since then I've gone back. But I certainly find that having a daily routine, whether it's meditating, whether whether it's stretching, whether it's just five minutes of just being in contact, being in contact with your breathing, mm. um, it just helps to set the day. And and one thing I've enjoyed doing, and again, this is something that having cancer taught me is to really just have a moment and lie with my body. And so I do a basic body scan sometimes in the morning um, where I'm just kind of really connecting with every part of my body. And then I wake up and I feel totally refreshed because mm -hmm. I realize, gosh, you know, not it, it was cancer that brought me to really connect with my inner body. And it completely shifted how I treat my body throughout the day. And so journal writing is certainly something that I find that I know there's some people that don't like it, but the journal writing for me is like in the morning, three things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I just wake up that in itself, I am grateful to be able to get up in the morning. The fact that I can lie um, underneath uh, the sheets and it keeps my body warm. So even in the smallest things, finding those things that I can be grateful for. And so uh, I would say a large part of my morning routine is with is is the concept of gratitude. Mm. Uh, and then when we talk about nutrition, we talk about feeding the soul. And oftentimes, like I said, I, uh, what what was an advantage for me when I got sick was the fact that I already came from a place of eating healthy. And so all I could do is just make that better. I was a little bit obsessed, I have to be honest, because when you're found in a position where you want to heal and heal quickly, um, mm. you know, you're willing to try lots of different things. So I've become quite an expert on what's <laughs> out there, what's, to, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Um, but there's also such a wealth of uh, information that it can be totally overwhelming. Yes. Um, so it is important to to connect with your body because your body will not lie to you it will tell you if you're listening to it it will tell you exactly what it needs and we're not used to doing that we're used to just kind of getting up in the morning and just like going through the routine um but part of of being healthy and part of nourishing your body is also connecting with your body connecting not just with your mind but really connecting with how it feels after a certain meal or being very present when you're eating um 
being present when you socialize. So all of those bits and pieces are important. And so I think oftentimes what happens to, um, you know, your everyday citizen, if you fall ill, things get very complicated because now you are aware that um, you've come from a place where perhaps your habits, your eating habits weren't very healthy. And all of a sudden, now you're in the position where you're going to have to take care of yourself and you just don't know how. And then after you get through it, then there's that aftermath because you want to gain a sense of normality, of mm -hmm. perhaps having some of those things you had before, but knowing that now, you know, you have to take greater care and take greater precaution. So my work is I, I I look at the psychological and the and 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 shifting unhealthy thoughts into healthier ones, yeah. and it's it's a work on process. I mean, you you would know very well, Cindy Marie, that even as a coach, we are constantly even working on ourselves because yeah. it just becomes a part of of our lives, and yeah. to have tools and strategies that can help us in a moment where perhaps we're feeling down as like, okay, I can accept where I'm at right now. Um, but that doesn't mean I have to stay stuck where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. So it's just having those strategies and tools. And it's the same thing with, with nourishing your body is really understanding what are those things that my body needs? Um, and what are those things that are, aren't really working for, for my overall health? And so it is a um, it is a process that I think is very rewarding once you can get that balance, mm -hmm. and that certainly that balance will then help you move forward. And you're always adjusting because as we yes. evolve and as we grow, you know there's certain things that I used to be able to eat with no problem, and now you know it does bother me. So it's like okay my body's changing. So now I'm going to make the adjustments that it needs. So we are constantly evolving. And if we're, if we listen to ourselves and we're, I would say a little bit, the observer, of <laughs> yeah. who we are, we will, tra we transform and we adapt and we change according to what's happening inside and also what is happening around us. Yeah. I love it. I think when it comes to overall being, being healthy, uh, the most important that I see every time would be really stepping back, the pause, right? And going back to slowing things down because as our life right now, as you can see, it's it's becoming crazy, everything changing, right? And if we are not changing ourselves, <laughs> then we this is where a lot of people tend to feel stuck, right? Yeah. And I think having that knowing what works for us, it requires the self-awareness, mm -hmm. right? Now, if we are not going to invest on self-awareness uh, and just following what many people just saying, because that's kind of trendy, but not really listening to what our, because we have our inner guidance, you know, our, like what you said, our body's not lying. I, I can agree with you with that. You know, ever since I have think I will be really thankful with my coaching journey because without that, 
I wouldn't be as as conscious, as mindful, as present with every little thing that I'm doing with myself so I can serve better. That also, I love when you mentioned that we are evolving because in food and habits, uh, it's very critical. And I think when people don't really invest on self-awareness, that's where the daily routines, we thought what we are doing actually helping us. So for example, if we ended up browsing on social media, you know, because that's part of uh, a lack of self-awareness, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong of browsing social media or so I do that. But when you're truly aware with yourself, you can tell to yourself, well, hang on a second, how many minutes have I been browsing? You know, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Go back to work. I mean, that's what it, how it works for me. I can get myself trapped, but that's just life. I think it's also like understanding that it's okay. <laughs> but after that, what are we going to do after that? But I think when you are not investing on yourself, then that's where a lot of challenging situations that we feel like we are in prison or being victim. And you mentioned a lot of your daily routine. And I think with creating many changing uh, modalities and tools that you're helping other people, um, you have a lot of tools that keeping yourself optimistic, yeah. right? And I'm super curious, what are those, maybe you have, morning routine that you didn't mention earlier or night routine before you go to bed that you would be more than happy to share with us that could be part of other people who are watching or listening right now to experiment and explore that could be beneficial or helpful for them to be more optimistic sure that one thing that that certainly i do and it's it's helped me greatly is listening to meditations and listening to meditations in the morning, it's a routine and listening to meditations before I go to bed. And it can be, it can be a meditation of a prayer. It can be a meditation of affirmations. It can be a meditation that just suits the soul to get ready to go to bed. And so this, those two things have been for me, a game changer, especially if I'm encountering a moment of stress or distress. Um, I have a bag of tools and I don't want to endorse um, the app that I use. So I won't say anything unless, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's just that I don't want to put myself in a position or the the endorser. But um, using those, uh, this app has certainly helped in terms of just being able, like in a moment, find um, something that will shift my mind immediately. So I would say definitely meditating, having a bag of tools that help in any given moment. That mm -hmm. okay. I've got these and, and if it means I listen to it for more than, you know, one or two times, then I do that. But I find that that is definitely something that has, that calms me down drastically. And, and so that's one. The other thing that definitely helps me is also uh, if I need to write, write. And just sometimes it's just free association writing, just, you know, getting it all out. 
and I may never look at it, but then I just get it out. Mm. And that process of just, and not writing on a computer, there's something very intimate with mm. paper and pencil or paper and pen and just connecting with the paper and just connecting with that, um, I would say the the intimacy of just writing with a free flow where, and, and that's just me. I think for some people who, who like the computer, I find that then I, I'm a little bit distracted. So writing just allows me to really move my hands on the paper. The, uh, the other thing, walk, walking in nature. Yes. I find that to be a great reliever and just being in contact with the air and the trees. And sometimes, you know, I'll go and hug a tree and it's okay. <laughs> and, and the sensation of the tree where, you know, I feel its strength or just the, the fact that mother nature transform and she'll never fail us. Yes. Um, but having that moment and, and just walking in outdoors is something that, that definitely helps. And then the other thing is, um, and I had shared with you that I, I, I dance flamenco and that has been, uh, whenever I had a difficult moment and just having something that brings you joy, mm. that is something that I think, you know, to have a list of those things that bring you joy, that is a tool that can help you in any given moment that you can go to and say, okay, if it's reading a book, is if it's going for a walk, um, if it's just dancing alone in your apartment, <laughs> you know, all those things that can give you any kind of relief in any given moment. And so if there's anything that I would say the process of, of uh, cancer has taught me, but also being a coach is really having a bag of tools that in any given moment I can pull out and I can I can have them there to help me in whatever it is that I need to um, that I need to deal with at that given moment. And I mean, at some point, like this week, I was just having like ah, I mean, the week hasn't even started. It's just Tuesday, but last week was just a, a little bit overwhelming by a whole series of things that were going on um, personally. And I was just like, okay, sit down. I sat down with myself. I said, okay, what's going on? Okay, so let's accept where we're at right now, okay? And then let's let's decide what we can do to feel better at this moment. And it's not like, let's go for the chocolate or anything, but it's just like, <laughs> okay, let's see what I can do to feel better at this moment. And I was, I was amazed at after having had built a series of tools that I continued to do work, I was working on my book and thought, you know, this is a, to be at a really good place. That even though, you know, all of this is going on and things are going on in your mind, um, you've got some tools that you can go to, get yourself grounded and then say, okay, I may be having a bad day, maybe having a bad moment because I think a day in that moment, you can't think of a bad day, but I'm having a bad moment right now. How can I shift it? And then to be able to shift it, whether it's going, like I said, for a short meditation, whether it's going for a walk for 25 minutes um, or 20 minutes, and then coming back and saying, okay, let's regroup. What can we do now to move forward? And so those are the, the, the I would say the, the, the nibbits 
of tools that, that certainly have helped me. Um, and, and certainly I share with my, with my clients to use whenever they're having a moment. Exactly. And we, as a coach, I mean, as coaches, we are also tool for other yeah. people, right? Exactly. Uh, that's why <laughs> for us, it's very, very important to have bags of tools so that exactly. we, we can serve our clients or other people who may need our, our, our service. And, and through this conversation, you know, I'm, I'm super curious, like, I'm sure that there are a lot of people find your story truly resonated with theirs. And a lot of things that you're actually offering, which is very, very important. And I think one of the things that I see nowadays, a lot of people having this really anxiety and depression and I'm feeling like really stuck. And I think one of the things that I always mention to people is that unfortunately, fortunately, for you to keep yourself moving forward and have that sense of clarity and direction, you've got to have either a mentor or a coach, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so for those people who wanting to connect with you or to find where to find you, perhaps they want to engage you for a speaking event. So where can they find you or where they can connect with you? You can connect with me on LinkedIn right now. My website is, um, under what was it, construction, but I had shared with um, Cindy Marie that I closed it down for a reason because I, I, I really wanted to create a website that connects with the people who I want to serve. And so mm-hmm. right now that's not available, but in January it will be, and hopefully you will be able to reach me um, on my website then. But if you want to connect with me, you can connect with me, uh, DM, DM me on LinkedIn. Okay. And no worries for that because the information in LinkedIn, uh, I will be putting that available on the blog and the podcast and the YouTube so everyone can connect. And of course, as when the website is available, I'm going to update all the information so people can reach out to you directly. And it's truly I feel amazed of how much like you and I really have this gift of many situations that really unbelievably challenging that we thought we're not able to overcome, but we manage anyway, and we're helping ourselves constantly. And um, and I think this is one of the reasons is we started to choose and choosing investing on our personal growth, on our self-awareness, on our self-development. And before I let you go, Monique, I have last question for you. And, um, you know, breaking the myth constantly, the personal development or self-growth as a selfish act, you know? So, I'm super curious, what will be your powerful message that you could offer to people that somehow still hesitant or kind of confused whether to tiptoe to the next step to investing on myself or not? Uh, And how do you think that through your experience that it empowers you and it's actually an ultimate gift for you when you surrender and give yourself permission to investing on yourself or your well-being. So what will be your powerful message for people or watching or listening right now that kind of a little bit still hesitant? Mm-hmm. 
I would say that no one's going to love you more than you. And I don't mean as a narcissist, because that's a whole other thing, but really genuinely loving yourself and, and connecting with yourself. Uh, you know, you can be your best friend and you can be your worst enemy. And when we love ourselves from a place of narcissism, that's a whole other issue. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about gen genuinely um, appreciating the beautiful soul and beautiful gift that you are and willing to share that beauty of who you are with others and, and vice versa. And so my my last word is, you know, love yourself like you know like no one else will love you because if if you don't if you don't give yourself the gift of love don't expect someone else to do it for you mm, wonderful i love that and yes we're not talking about in a narcissism <laughs> we are talking about in a beauty of love of accepting that we are already enough you know however we can still be more than who we are by allowing ourselves to grow evolve and transform so that you know this is the beauty of when you start to giving yourself love uh empathy nurturing and all of that you'll be able to openly share that to people yeah you know exactly. and i think a lot of people mistaken the narcissist and the true genuine self-love or self-care and i love you mentioned that so thank you thank you so much for thank you thank you for shaping thing and uh i appreciate this conversation and once again for people who are watching or listening right now who find it very resonating to your story i'm gonna add a monique uh, contact details in the blog podcast or um, in youtube channel and once again if you find this story very fascinating and very incredible feel free to share it over to the people who will be benefit benefiting this story and until then thank you thank you so much for continuously uh, supporting us and uh here cindy marie to empower your life thank you monique thank you so much i'm so grateful for this opportunity and thank you for the work that you are continuing to spread to others you're really a gift to us all thank you thank you all about vulnerability, time, being present, and investing on your personal growth. I hope that this episode or conversation with Monique inspired you to keep showing up, being, and doing the best you can while pursuing your dreams, goals, mission, and purpose. And I'm super curious, what insight you've got or action that you will take from this episode? Drop your comments below and for our Empower Your Life show to grow more organically, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button and share it with others so that we can bring more incredible thought leaders to empower and transform more people's lives. Until next time, stay optimistic, start to invest in yourself, keep taking action, believe in yourself and stay on your game because you've got what it takes to achieve your dreams and make an impact on this planet. Be unstoppable.